This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook. That's right, I said free audiobook. Download at audibletrial.com slash DTMMB. There's over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, iPad, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So give them a try today. Now back to the show. Hi, this is DTMMB Media Podcast number 33. In this episode, we'll be taking a look at Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. Barbara, can you hear me? Do you have her? Are you sure she's wearing it? Yes, of course. I put it on to myself. Now, where is she? Got her. Jack, send me a ping from yours. Southwest on Kashirsko Shasa. It's a kilometer from you. Welcome to Real Reviews. All right, and we're back. Uh, I'm Vince DeGeorge, of course, of DTMMB Media, and I'm joined uh, by a panel of experts in movies tonight, one Chris Herndon. Yes, a panel of one. A panel of one. So uh, we saw this win, uh, what, what, Friday night, right? Opening yeah, night? opening night. That's uh, good for us. Our, our typical theater that we go to is about 80% full. Yeah, I mean, based on the crowd in the theater itself, I would have thought this movie probably did okay. Um, though most of the people in line, I, I will have to, to qualify our remarks here, most of the people in line buying tickets were buying uh, tickets for, uh, was it Ride Along? Yeah. So Which ended up uh, on... F- at the top of the list for the weekend, coming in at $41 million. Yeah, $41 million. Um, that's, you know, a pretty decent opening for a comedy, really. It's a good take. It's a good take. Yeah, not bad. Not bad for a comedy. Jack Ryan, the Shadow Recruit, however, fell, uh, actually finished fourth in the box office with a whopping $17 million. Ouch. That's not very good. Not even a half of what Ride Along took in. Um, well, we've got some theories on why that might be. Well, yeah, we had Lone Survivor. Uh, coming in at no, number two, and I think uh, those probably have the same type of audience. You know, looking for an action flick, maybe uh, you know that kind of military tie-in. But it was also beat by the Nut Job. I'm not really familiar with that movie. I was uh, positing that was a uh, sequel to Boogie Nights, but I don't. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, just another excuse for prosthetics. Uh, I think. <laughs> um, you know, honestly though, if that was a Boogie Nights uh, sequel, then. Um yeah, Marky Mark did pretty well this weekend, right? <laughs> yeah, I would, I would imagine Survivor. coming in two and three. Yeah, yeah that would be good. Frozen still on the list. Now, pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah, Frozen still brought in almost $12 million. That thing has been a beast. Yeah. You know, before we get into uh, the review itself, uh, we've been catching up on a lot of stuff. You know, uh, a lot of the movies from 2013, a couple of new TV shows. I thought we could talk about those real quick. Well, sure. Because people just, they want our insight, so I'm going to give it to them. Some of the things I have on the website, uh, I've got written reviews up there of her and In a World and uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty and Blue Jasmine. So uh, you can go to dtmmbmedia.com and check the written reviews out. Uh, I'd say my favorite on that list is Her. I know you're only about halfway through the movie. Yeah, I just started watching that one. Um, yeah, I mean, so far. Yeah, I don't, so I don't, I don't, I mean, you don't seem completely sold on it, and it, it's been, you know, considered one of the top movies of the year, and it is a relationship movie. Apparently, I'm not getting it, but I think uh, part of the problem for me is I just never, the, the, the story has just never 
really interested me that much. But, um, you know, I'm giving it a shot. So well, you we'll don't see. have an iPhone. And maybe you don't have that kind of relationship with Siri already like I do. The, the little kind of conversations that we have on the side. So maybe you haven't experienced that yet and don't know, you know, what the potential there is. You know, there's always been that kind of what if in my mind. And this is kind of filling that hole uh, a little bit. I, I got to say, no, but really, I, I do like uh, a lot about the movie as far as the way it was shot. Uh, I think the look of the movie is probably a strong point. I'd say it's, what, 20, 30 years in the future? I mean, what what would you gauge that at? Yeah, I mean, it's near future. I mean, probably 20 years. I don't know if it actually, if they make any... No, I don't think they make any... Yeah, difference. I don't recall like saying what you know what year it is. But yeah, I mean, near future. So, I mean, uh, the way they kind of portray the technology in the movie is something that I like. You know, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a great leap. Uh, you know, there's no flying cars or jetpacks uh, that I saw. Uh, and it, it was a, a pretty good take. It was, it was as if maybe Apple kind of continued and Android continued to develop their kind of systems where you don't have to touch a lot of things. You can use voice. It recognizes where you are. And, and it, it has a really good color palette, too, which I think is neat about the movie. Yeah, that, that's something about the future I'm looking forward to is the color palette. <laughs> So I think really the colors that we have today, yeah, they're not getting done for me. A little too bright. I kind of like the the muted, the oranges, the pinks. Uh, it, it's really nice, and it, it is going to work well. Yeah, it, it's a lot different than you know, it's kind of the post apocalyptic, uh, you know, future look you normally get uh, with the <laughs> you know metallic, uh, more metallic tones. I like the the future because it kind of works well with my skin tone and my eyes. It really kind of accentuates them. It really, you know, honestly, now that you mention it. Um, I, th- I could see where you would you look good in that you know in that future. So <laughs> I'm definitely definitely waiting on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, keep waiting. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, it looks fine. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm just getting into it. Um, and, and I will say that you know Amy Adams making a, a big stretch with her hairstyle again this time around. Uh, that's that must be her new thing. But after American Hustle, now this. I mean, her hair's couldn't be any more different than those two movies, right? And and not as much side boob either. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. Uh, but, you know, now that I've seen American Hustle, I don't need her to show it because we've got it right up here. Yeah, you've got it. Right in the brain. So what else, What have you seen lately? Um, about? Yeah, well, um, did catch up on some t- some new TV shows. You know, I'm a, I'm a TV. Uh, I know this is a movie podcast, but uh, a couple new TV shows have come out, some serials that are really kind of movie-like in their production and the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we've both watched both of these, but I'll start off with True Detective, uh, currently airing on HBO. I believe the second episode aired um, on, let's see, last night, which would be the, the 19th, I guess, of January. I have so, a TiVo'd. Uh, I'm watching it on demand. So, um, But uh, if you haven't seen this, you don't know what we're talking about, check it out. Uh, Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey, co-star, this, and that's all you, I mean, what more do you need? Two of our favorites. I mean, definitely. Maybe some Wesley Snipes. You know, some Wesley Snipes would be good, actually. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe he comes some, in later. And maybe some Keira Knightley. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a joke for later. Uh, but True Detective, um, it's very interesting. Um, kind of a dark story. This is starting off that way. Looks like a ritual killing in, in rural Louisiana. Woody Harrelson is the lead investigator. And uh, Matthew McConaughey is a, uh, a relatively new addition to the... Um, to the criminal investigation unit there in the state of Louisiana. Uh, and so you, you've got, you've got, you know, you've got the whole partner vibe with the new partners trying to get to know each other. And, and you find out pretty quickly that Harrelson's kind of more of a traditional, you know, he's from the area. He kind of has the 
or traditional home life and traditional beliefs. And then you've got Matthew McConaughey, who's kind of, uh, it's kind of out there. He's a little bit of a philosopher. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of, uh, it has an interesting take, kind of a pessimistic take on, on the world. Uh, and so uh, you got a good dynamic between those two guys. And then uh, that kind of is wrapped into this, uh, what looks like it's going to be a murder investigation um, where we're kind of flashbacking 17 years of, the, of this investigation. So Right. They're showing them in current times doing interviews with, uh, looks like other officers. And McConaughey is long-haired you know, an alcoholic shaggy. And it looks like Harrelson has kind of moved up his, his way up the ranks. So, yeah. And, and, and from what we can gather from the first episode is that, uh, there's been a, a new, uh, a new crime scene that matches the, the crime scene from 17 years previously. So I guess the, uh, the main plot of this series is going to be kind of reconstructing this, the 17 years of that investigation. And now the new, uh, you know the new crime. So uh, if you haven't checked it out, HBO, yeah, I would I would definitely recommend it, especially if you're a McConaughey or Harrelson fan. And if you're not, you really should be because both these guys really bring it. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a hot show. I think um, you know I think everybody's looking for the replacement for something like Breaking Bad, and this could be it. It's hard to say. Uh, I, I do find it interesting that TV is kind of that new medium where uh, a lot of people are moving to. I guess they they feel like they have more freedom to uh, to do what they need. Maybe it's easier to kind of get the budget. We talked about this the other night. You know, you can fund a couple of uh, couple of episodes for a couple million. See how it works out. See if you get the response you need and adjust accordingly. So, uh, I think we'll see more and more of this kind of quality uh, programming. Yeah, and cable TV. I mean, you don't have to look very far. I mean, just check out you know who's winning the Emmys now and right. um, a lot of these you know between AMC and Showtime and. Uh, HBO. I mean, these um, these cable, you know, paid cable channels now are are really um, kind of bringing you know bringing it um, with some some pretty some pretty high production value, good stories. Uh, and this and this this show is no no different. It looks like I mean, it looks great and uh, good acting. And both McConaughey and Harrelson are producers on the show, I believe, executive producers. So mm-hmm. um, th- I also recently saw Mud, which McConaughey's in, and yes. we also saw The Wolf of Wall Street, and we agreed that. He's probably one of the best parts of that. So I'm, I'm buying into this McConaughey's, what are they calling it? Like a renaissance with McConaughey mixed in. I don't know what they call it. But anyway, so he's, I haven't seen Dallas Buyers Club yet, but I understand that's fantastic too. And I'm going to give that a Are look. Are you trying to say McConaissance? McConaissance, that's, that's the word. Yeah, yeah he's going to get, I mean, he's already you know winning awards. I mean, he won the, um, the SAG Award for, for Best Actor the other night for his portrayal. Um, of the main character in Dallas Buyers Club. So he's on the radar and this is coming out at the same time. I, I could see this being big. I could see this popping up Emmy Emmy season you know, no. for next for next year. Yeah, I agree. So the other thing we, we kind of saw and, and we talked about this before too was Helix, uh, which is on sci fi, right? Yeah. Correct, sci fi. Yeah. I think they're I think we're three episodes into that. Yeah, gotta say, not real impressed so far. I had high hopes for this. Um it looked like they were they were bringing in some film quality acting you would think or at least names from film and uh it's just a a very derivative story i'm still watching it so far they haven't lost me yet but it's very derivative if you've ever seen any movie about a viral outbreak (laughs) or a uh, a polar research station i mean it's just all the same kind of derivative uh cliches quality of performances i think you had some issues with that yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of uh, Billy Campbell, the star. Uh, 
he's been okay so far. Uh, I do like Sonata. Um, Haruyuki Sonata. Haruyuki Sonata, who's who's in it. I, th- I think he's going to be okay. Uh, the female leads aren't exactly doing it for me either. Uh, performances are, are pretty weak all around. I think the production value is not quite as high as I was hoping. Uh, the things I'd been, the buzz I was hearing was this is supposed to be the next Lost. I'm not sure. I just don't think it has the mystery right now. I mean, you know, Lost was unique in that you're not really sure. I mean, the mystery was almost like what is the mystery because you know they're they're on a on an island. It's a right. plane crash, and it just weird things start happening, and it just kind of branches out. This you start off with the CDC being called in for a possible viral. Uh, outbreak at this polar research station. So, I mean, really the only real mystery is, you know, what, what is this outbreak? What started it? And obviously it started in that polar state research station. So really it's just, you know, what was, what kind of research was going on? Yeah. We don't know if it's alien technology possibly, or if it's just, I think uh, it's going to be aliens. I really do. But I just don't, my point is, I just don't feel like we have a clear understanding really. I mean, there's not that much of a mystery it's pretty linear and it's and how it's it's going to have to come, unfold right so yeah I, I just have to wonder too if that that genre is kind of played out now you know uh pe- a lot of people felt burned by lost you know they were really invested and didn't care for the ending too much and i just have to wonder okay are we kind of done with that genre yeah but i mean i don't know i think a good story is a good story yeah so yeah got a good i point. mean lost lost had a good story and lost did a good job in the first season of getting you know you kind of hooked onto it and then it as it kind of went off the rails at certain points. And then of course there, we could argue about the ending. I think in, in its core, it still had a story and had characters that people, you know, related to. I don't know if the characters are as relatable in this. Mm. I mean, everybody's a scientist. Every, you know what I mean? It's a little different. Right. Uh, Lost had a mixture of people from different walks of life. It's just a, it's such a different type of show. Really? Um, again, I don't know if this is going to be a compelling enough, a mystery to kind of keep people engaged. Plus, it's on sci-fi, and let's face it, sci-fi is kind of. Right. I mean, yeah, they had a, they had a, they scored big with Battlestar and Sharknado, but they're more known for Sharknado. <laughs> that was my point. You know, things are or like Piranaconda versus uh, T Rex or something. I mean, just bizarre. I'm not sure if that's been made yet, but if not, I hope you're listening. Sci-fi. I'm pretty sure there's been a Piranaconda. I don't know if I made that up or not, but if not, well, uh, certainly not versus T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't come up with one for him, but um, you know, something like that. You know, they're known more for their goofy, as far as their original stuff. They're known more right. for that kind of goofy stuff. So, you know, I, I, I haven't checked any ratings on that. I don't know if people are watching that show or no not, idea. but um, you know, they've got. I'm watching it so far. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're in purgatory. Well, anyway, moving on, I've also seen a couple of other movies. I'm just going to comment real quick on The Hunt, starring uh, Mad Milk Milkinson Mickens. I can never say it. I, I'm horrible with names. If you if you haven't gathered that by now, people. Mads Michelson. Yes. Says name? It wasn't that tough to say. Mads Milkinson. Milkinson? Is it Milkinson? Mikeinson. No, it's Michelson, right? I don't know. Or Mickelson. I don't know. Phil Mickelson's brother. Yeah, it's Mads. not it's not milk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know this is mesmerizing podcast where we try to <laughs> figure out people's names. We try to yeah, we, we try to uh pronounce a Danish man's name. Uh, I would say Michelson. But. Okay, let's go with it. Uh you'd probably recognize him from maybe uh being a Bond villain. I don't even know which one. Goldeneye? 
<laughs> Which Bond? I don't know. He was in a Bond movie. He, he was, but he was in a newer Bond movie. Wasn't it uh, Casino Royale and then him? Oh, was that him? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, he was always and, dabbing his eye. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Not, it wasn't a golden eye, apparently, <laughs> that he was dabbing. Well, you would recognize him from that. Uh, and uh, he's basically in a small Norwegian town where uh, he's kind of accused of wrongdoing. And it's kind of a scary situation. You can totally see something like this happening, a small town basically ganging up on a guy. Uh, and kind of the way they handled the investigation. It's it's a kind of a good thriller. I got a, a you know one of our favorite movies of the year that we think are is snubbed at the Oscars this year was Prisoners, and it's got that kind of vibe to me. Nothing like the story, just kind of the vibe, the pacing, and everything. So check that out. Uh, now, did, that, now, did The Hunt get um, nominated for an Oscar? I'm, I want to say foreign film. Yeah, for, for foreign yeah, screenplay, for foreign yeah. For foreign okay. films, so uh, certainly check it out. It's definitely worth it. Uh, Only God Forgives is something else I saw. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Uh, if you like David Lynch, maybe check that movie out. Uh, if you don't, if you're a big fan, I've of never Th- met him actually. <laughs> if you're a big fan of Thailand and David Lynch, this is in your wheelhouse. So is it kind of like Bangkok Dangerous? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's. I guess it's in Bangkok and it's fairly dangerous. So I'm gonna say it is. Right on. Nailed it. We mentioned Mud. I also saw Carrie, the the reboot of that. It was okay. Eh, I would I would say skip it. <laughs> Watch the original if you have uh if you have the opportunity, it's much better. Yeah, the original is fine. You know, the original, you know, Sissy Spacek, uh kind of one of her breakout roles. Yeah, Chloe, um what's her name? Moritz. Yeah. Um Moritz. Moritz. I don't no, no stop. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, we talked about this. I, I just think uh, she's a little bit too, you know, she's she looks like a girl who wouldn't have a problem fitting in in high school. Right. Because, you know, she's attractive. Certainly not being doused in pig blood. Yeah, yeah, but anyway. anyway. Uh, also, Short Term 12, which is a, a short film that I, I think actually might be nominated as a short film Academy Award. And uh, it's kind of about a... Uh, center for kids that that have trouble, maybe drug or violence. It's all right. I don't. I don't have much to say about it. I'm not a big fan of short films for whatever reason. Just too short for you. Yeah, just not long enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least you might be upset that the title uh, <laughs> didn't live up. A short term twelve. It's a short term short film. I was expecting midgets, quite honestly. Oh, okay. So maybe that was the disappointment. Like midgets writing term papers or something? <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Yeah, so... <laughs> well, <laughs> well if, I think a lot of people are going to go out and get that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're running to Redbox right now. So I guess we can get into the movie, and uh, I don't think I'm going to make wh- anybody... <laughs> what movie are we doing again? <laughs> Jack Ryan Shadow, uh, Shadow Recruit. Ah, uh, yes. Uh-uh, don't worry... I'll do a synopsis <laughs> that makes it... This synopsis should clear it up for everyone. Yes. Uh, basically, after going Black Hawk down in Afghanistan, Captain Kirk, with the help of Bull Durham, becomes the most badass auditor ever. He's tasked with uh, learning the secrets of a 1980s Cold War stereotype. If uh, that weren't hard enough, they throw in a girl who expresses her emotions with weird faces and an obviously fake American accent. She is played by a very pretty skeleton. Captain Kirk saves the day with the help of a Lumina 900 Windows phone, 
with amazing reception, a USB memory stick, typing, and implausibility. I'd say that pretty much sums up the movie. That's pretty clear. So, okay, maybe that's a little unfair. I think we both like this movie. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think we did both like this movie. And for those of you who didn't get any of those references, <laughs> um, just just as a a quick follow up to your synopsis, let me let me try to do in a synopsis of your synopsis. Okay, that's um, fair enough. Yeah. So if you've seen Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, A Sum of All Fears. These are films that uh, feature a Tom Clancy-created character known as Jack Ryan, who was a former CIA um, analyst, expert in Russian uh, sub-technology, I believe, who gets wrapped up in these international espionage thrilling stories, right? Well, this is kind of a reboot of that uh, that's kind of post-Cold War, where Jack Ryan is being... You, you learn the... It's sort of an origin story of Jack Ryan, and you learn how he meets his soon to be wife who plays a uh, an important par- uh, part in the other in the other movies the other films that I just mentioned Jack Ryan of course played by Captain Kirk himself Chris Pine um, his soon to be wife his fiance in the movie played by Kira Knightley also known as a pretty skeleton um, and then you get his CIA handler who is played by Bull Durham himself uh, Kevin Costner you get you get a little of the you get a little bit of the origin story and then you get his first mission as a um, it is a working spook, as it were, right? Mm-hmm. It is definitely a new take on Jack Ryan. This is not this is not based on a Tom Clancy book or any Tom Clancy source material that I'm aware of, other than the fact that he uses terms like shadow recruit and some of his stuff. And of course, because it says Jack Ryan, but uh, this Jack Ryan is an expert in financial computer fraud and financial fraud, basically, right? So he is a sort of a CIA auditor, as as you as you as you noted. He's also an expert in, in the Russians, but this time he's more of an expert in Russian banking, I guess, or Russian finances, um, because this is obviously, t- this takes place in real time, like real life, real, whatever the year is, 2014. So um, they do a, a pretty decent job of kind of updating the storyline for it to be very current. Uh, and honestly, if you don't think about it too much, this was a pretty fun movie. Sorry to interrupt, folks, but I want to take a minute to talk about our sponsor, Audible.com. For you, the listeners of DTMMB Media Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial to give you an opportunity to check out their service. You know, I've got a friend that recommends books all the time, but between work and this podcast, I just don't have the time. But now there's Audible. I can listen in the car or while I'm working. Uh, I do it with podcasts I love, so why not books? What a novel approach. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash DTMMB. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash DTMMB for your free audiobook today. Thanks. Back to the show. Yeah, it, it kind of starts out with him being in college uh, and seeing 9-11 happen. So he goes to have he he uh, never vol- forget yeah he volunteers for uh, for duty, uh, and that's what the the Black Hawk Down reference. Obviously, he was not in uh, Somalia or wherever that happened. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that happened in Mogadishu. That has no bearing on this whatsoever. But he was in as part of the storyline. He was. Um, I was thinking of Captain Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> he was in uh, Jack Ryan. 
was a soldier in Afghanistan. He was in a uh, in, in a helicopter that was attacked, and he was injured. Um, comes back and meets um, his soon-to-be wife uh, in Walter Reed Medical Hospital or Army Medical Facility um, as, as he's doing physical therapy. So you get to you you get a little taste of him in the army or in the Marines. I think he was in the Marines, and then you get a little you know you you get to kind of see him be challenged with his health, with his, you know, getting over his injuries, uh, where he meets his, his wife. He, that's also where he first comes to the attention of Kevin Costner, who, um, I don't know, something about him really, really, uh, Kevin Costner likes his ability to analyze, um, data. So he, he recruits him for the CIA. Yeah. Oh, actually the, the whole thing with the helicopter was one of the few tie-ins with other movies, uh, hunt for Red October, actually had a conversation in it briefly about how he had to recover from a helicopter accident. So it's actually, yeah. Been- well that, yeah, he, uh, the Jack Ryan of Tom Clancy, his actual books, he had, had to overcome these, um, he had to teach himself to walk again or something like they make mentions of that in the books. Mm-hmm. So, but beyond that, uh, there's no real tie-ins. And as a matter of fact, one of the things I, I did was and this is something new we're going to do. If you've been listening is I went out to look for some tweets and one of the tweets was from, uh, at Todd underscore Morris, and he saw Jack Ryan. He asked, uh, why not use one of the many books? And I kind of have to ask the same question. Maybe it's because to distance themselves actually from the books. I mean, many of the books have already been done. So well, I mean, the ones that are probably the most movie ready probably have already been done. I kind of had an issue with that, too, that when I first saw the preview for this, it's like, why are they you know, rebooting this? But I, I have a little... I'm not as concerned about that anymore. I mean, I think what they really try to do, if there is a tradition, if you look at Tom Clancy materials, Tom, there are a lot of Tom Clancy's blank series of books, you know, like right. shadow ops or what I, I don't have the list in front of me, but they use, it's all based on Tom Clancy stuff. You know, he has other people writing them, puts his name on them. So in a way, this is kind of an homage to that. But those books don't typically use Jack Ryan. I mean, you're taking one of his like iconic characters and and kind of giving it that treatment. Well, you can even say it's taking the approach of something like Splinter Cell, I guess. Right. That's yeah. It's a break off. It's Which says, is a video game, folks. I know maybe you're all not nerds that listen, but it's a video game. Yeah, and they have you know they have these little serials that are based on, as in books, not as in breakfast serials, um, based on these stories of Tom Clancy's. Mm-hmm. So. I don't have necessarily have a, that much of a problem with it. I will say this though: they do a go through. I think great lengths to make this current and not just a complete homage to the classic Jack Ryan stuff, no, because everything is very instead of Cold War stuff, it's all very, very current. We're talking about computer, computer, you know, fraud and computer, uh, computer warfare. Um, you're talking about financial markets and globalization and you know things that are very current not stuff that was this this would most of this stuff would not have applied at all for the top, the, the cold war era jack ryan yeah if we get into the the script and the story a little bit you know talking about that it it was very current i wonder if you know the the plot was a little bit i don't want to say convoluted for a reboot i mean it was fairly easy to follow 
But, you know, at times I felt like maybe it was a little bit like the, the beginning of the Phantom Menace and talking about the Trade Federation. You know, it was all that stuff was eventually lost in the story. It didn't really matter in, in the end. Uh, you know, they're talking about the dollar and propping up the dollar and eventually crashing it and everything. I just wonder if maybe that that loses audience a little bit in today's environment. Yeah, I, I mean, I, my my take on it was, and maybe it's because I, you know, watched the news a little bit and think it, it didn't feel like it was that much of a stretch. Like I didn't really need to know the all the intricate details of mm. this plot. You know, I but hey, you're telling me it's manipulating. Uh, financial markets it's and it's manipulating the, the the value of the dollar well that's i mean it's just so very current i mean it's in the you know it's in the news constantly um when you're talking about whether you're talking about like um you know oil prices or you're talking about um, um economic recovery and things i mean it just it felt like i said it felt like it was right out of the current uh, news headlines yeah. i got another tweet here from at white he he says his chief complaint about the throwback and the politically correct appearance of Russians as an antagonist. He had some uh, an issue with that. Uh, he also said that Kevin Costner was greater than uh, Chris Pine in the movie. So, you know, what do you think about going back to the Russians? I mean, they are a compelling villain. I, I think I kind of I think we all miss maybe the the old days of the Cold War stories. It was a lot easier to tell. Um, you know, I, I think. I mean, this okay. I mean. Do we get along with the Russians? Well, yeah, mostly, right? Aren't they? Aren't we basically arguing with them in the international court of opinion constantly about either Syria or Iran or the Olympics or just about anything? Well, not not as not, it's not like the Cold War though. No, I, I it, it's more it's more grandstanding by Putin than anything. Well, but you know, my point is is that they are still our they're our rival. They're our chief you know, international rival to this day. I mean, it's not the, it's not the old Soviet union, uh, versus the United States, but there's still definitely a, a, a rivalry there a point of, you know, points of contention. So I didn't think it's that much of a stretch. Um, and, and also, I mean, let's, uh, let's be clear about the story too. It's not the actual, the, the main antagonist, uh, played by Kenneth Branagh is a former cold war soldier for the Soviet uh, you know, for Soviets and he's being, he's being sanctioned by the Soviet government, but it's like a black op. He's on his own. It's not set up by Mikhail Baryshnikov, which I always, yeah. I thought he was on our side now. Yeah. And it was, it was actually Mikhail Baryshnikov, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, which I, I thought he defected years ago. Yeah. I mean, but you're right. So it's, it's different than cold war antagonism, but there's, it's still something that it, it felt, it didn't feel like that much of a stretch that they use the Russians mm. is my only point. And I don't think it's that big a deal that they use the Russians because kind of sticking with the Jack Ryan, right. the old school Jack Ryan, he was an expert. Uh, he was a Russian expert, but he was an expert in uh, Soviet sub-technology, which would not have felt that current to me. Um, whereas manipulation of, you know, markets and the value of the dollar seems more current. So I think they kind of, tw- you know, took the, the, su- the, the Russian, the Soviet sub-technology stuff off his plate and gave him this other expertise. Yeah. And the fact that it's still the Russians to me is not that, not that big a deal. Well, I, I guess one interesting thing, it possibly, it seemed like maybe there was ties also with the Russian mafia in there as well. That seems to be a, a lot of the power source 
uh, for a lot of those high-level positions in, in Russia. So I wonder if that's kind of a tie-in. And also you noticed uh, also a uh, tattoo, I think, by the, the, I don't know, Spetsna or whatever they're... The scorpion tattoos, yeah. yeah. Um, well, and they also make a point in the in the movie of referring to Russia as, oh, I, you know, I thought they... You know, I thought they went free or whatever, and oh yeah, they are. But now it's just the wild west there. You know, they yeah, don't. Right. It's basically just setting the tone for. You know, we're not saying that that you know this is the old Soviet Russia. This is the new Russia. But um, there are other ways that they can you know be our rival, and uh, one of those things would be uh, currency, you know, values and things, uh, and uh, resources. You know, mm-hmm. oil and natural right. gas resources that's the main plot the main plot focuses around that like a pipeline in turkey where was yes it? Yeah. yeah it was turkey so what do you think about the second point with uh costner being better than pine in this i don't know if i'd say he was better i mean i thought pine was totally fine pine was fine yeah fine I, pine i'm a big fan i think we both like him in the star trek series as well there was there was a, a something i did like about costner in the movie i, I felt like it was a natural role for him, and the thing is, he's in a very similar movie, it seems like, coming up also, I think, this month, um, Three Days to Kill, where he plays not a similar character, but kind of espionage, undercover, um, assassin type, you know, and that's kind of what Costner is during this. He seems like he's very shady. You're not, you know, there's a, a couple of moments here. You're really not sure what his angle is, if it's really to look out for Ryan, uh, turns out to be a, a solid player, but you know I think we've even talked about this before that Costner is now taking on this role of this kind of elder statesman that can come in and add a little gravitas to a role and something like this you know you figure okay just you're you're making your own backstory this guy has a really kind of uh, elusive past that involves killing people and doing all the sorts of things and you kind of flesh out his character in your mind and he's kind of an easy guy to do that with yeah i mean i think he does a fine job in it um i again i don't necessarily think that he's better or worse than chris pine because i don't really have an issue with chris pine's performance either uh but costner definitely was well cast and did a did a, a good job as the CIA, you know, the, the team captain or whatever. I'm not sure what his actual role, what you'd call that. Because he was sort like of a handler. He was a handler, but he was a little more than that too. Because right, he was actually he was also an operative. So, mm-hmm. uh, but he has he has a a crack team of of analysts and officers that he he kind of alludes to being like his team is the anti-terrorism group or whatever that is going to make sure that another 9/11 doesn't happen. That kind right. of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I thought he did a fine job. Again, I, I can't really say that he was like a lot better than Chris Pine because I thought Chris Pine did a good job too. Well, where do you think Chris Pine sits as far as Jack Ryan's go? So we have Alec Baldwin, we have Harrison Ford, we have uh, Ben Affleck. Well, I mean, this role was so much different than than those roles, uh, those other uh, stories. But uh, I like Chris Pine more than Ben Affleck. Yeah, Ben Affleck, of course, starred in Some of All Fears. I don't necessarily think that he did a terrible job in that movie. It's been a while since I saw it, but I do remember him not being as good as Harrison Ford or Alec Baldwin in their roles. Right. Uh, but they were also in better movies. Um, I think Chris Pine did, a, if they, if they do more of these, I think he will be a fine Jack Ryan. Yeah. My, maybe my only problem with this Jack Ryan is maybe that he has a little bit too much confidence very early on. It always seemed to me like the Jack Ryan character was at his core, an analyst. 
and, you know, really kind of bumbled his way up until he was eventually comfortable in that role. Uh, to me, Chris Pine felt a little bit too comfortable, a little too willing, you know, to take on right away, which, of course, maybe I'm complaining about the thing that I normally hate in movies, which is the reluctant hero. So uh, maybe I should be grateful that, that they kind of took that path. And, and it also works for this movie because you needed that frenetic pacing throughout this movie to kind of cover up the flaws that were in it because there were some deep story flaws. Yeah. Just getting you know more into the story and the script here, there were flaws. If you, if you want to sit down and start breaking down the story points, uh, you're there. There are some things that are kind of, kind of laughable. Um, but there is, it is well paced and they, and, and they do a good job of in the story building tension at several, mm-hmm. several times yeah. where you're, you know, I was, I felt my pulse quick, quick in a little bit, a couple times with the, um, you know, with the pace, with the uh, tension, mm-hmm. uh, they do a good job of that though. It's been done. I mean, it's nothing, it's nothing that good thrillers don't already do another, you know, it's not, they're not breaking new ground here. Right. It was very formulaic. Yeah, it was formulaic. Uh, but I, but again, I think it picked, it, it picked up on the, the formula pieces that you right. want for a diversion. You know, you want to get out and let's see kind of, a, a just kind of a, a a high-paced action movie. This does just fine for that. Yeah, it wasn't until afterwards we were like, okay, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> you know, we kind of yeah. talked out the pieces. Uh, I recommend you don't do that. Uh, just watch the movie, enjoy it, and I think you'll you'll get a lot more out of it. If you if you try to look too deep into it, and, and again, you know, we always talk about there's two type of movies that we like. We like the art movie, and we like the action movie, the one that's fun, and this one is uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, it moves along, and it, it's... Um not overly long. It felt pretty good. It was like right around a hundred, hundred minutes or so. Right. Yeah. Uh, it didn't feel long. It didn't feel, didn't feel like there were really any slow parts or anything. It mostly just, just moved. And, um, like I said, set up some tension and there's some good action. Uh, it's got that born identity kind of feel to the action. Um, especially, especially kind of the first scene that Jack Ryan is involved as a, as a operational spy, (laughs) Uh, he has to. He, he there's an attempt on his life, and he has to take care of the take care of the attempted killer, and that's very, very Bourne esque. Now, I'm not going to say that this movie's like really on par with the. I thought the Bourne identity, especially, but all the Bourne movies did a had a little bit more of an edge to them than this one did. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, there's those storylines in those. If you really want to start picking apart things that how things occur you could probably maybe have a similar conversation about the story as you do in this one um but this one gets a little bit more far out of, with with some stuff in the story uh it doesn't really have that that edge that that born had but uh there are definitely some scenes that reminded me of born quite a bit and really in the end you know where it's gonna you know how it's gonna end up sure. so uh because it's the first jack ryan movie you know that <laughs> jack ryan doesn't die on his first mission and you know that he gets married to his girl and all that. Well, let's talk about... We talked about the performances a little bit. Can you read that uh, top tweet there? About, uh, uh, yeah, this from uh, from at Ben Likes Movies. Uh, Kira Knightley's American accent in Jack Ryan is the most distracting thing I've ever heard. My longtime crush on her persists nonetheless. Now, uh, one, obviously one of the reasons I, I kind of picked that one out, it was one of the first things we talked about when we got out of there. Uh, her performance is... I don't know how to describe it other than strange. I don't get, I don't understand her. Um, she's totally serviceable in the Pirates movies, but I haven't seen her in a whole lot outside of that. I hear she's really good in a movie called Anna Karina. That, okay. That's a uh, recent release. So. Yeah, Anna Karina, the, with Jude Law, that one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, that's supposed to be, she's, I think part of the problem in this was the American accent. I think only thing I can figure out is it, is that to do an American accent, if you're British and thin and hot, you have to make a weird face to do it or something. I guess. Because she makes these weird faces. And there's actually one scene where I thought, is she trying to act mentally, mentally challenged in this? <laughs> You know, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was absolutely bizarre. So it looked like a, a cross between confusion and constipation. Oh my god! Yeah, she she was distractingly bad yeah. in this movie. Uh, however, that being said, as bad as she was, Pine was good, Costner was good, Kenneth Branagh was good. I mean, the other characters are just fine in this. She's just bizarrely bad in it. Yeah, I thought she had a, a couple of okay scenes. There was the scene between her and Branagh in the restaurant, which I actually thought was pretty good uh, i didn't think she was nearly as bad as that uh as when she was trying to do that play off of pine i, d- I don't know if they had some kind of weird chemistry i never kind of bought it between them they really didn't seem to gel all that well but i thought she was fine in the scene with Branagh. speaking of Branagh, his russian accent was maybe a little forced uh over the top i don't know it was uh, very thick i mean there were there were there are lines in this where I have no idea what he said. Yeah, because um, he, he talks it's very back and throat like that when he speaks in his Russian accent. Oh know? wait, it's Kenneth. Bre- Kenneth, hey, uh, I don't see him anywhere. Oh, but uh, you know that I, it, thought, I thought Kenneth Branagh walked in was doing his Russian accent. Uh, yes, but it's it's very like in the back of the throat and it's kind of difficult to understand at times. I don't know. I mean, I found it a little weird too, but it wasn't terrible. Um, I've heard worse Russian, Russian accents. Uh, well, like mine, for example, just then. But yeah, that was a little distracting. But he's doing a Russian accent, and it's supposed to be thick, and it's supposed to be very Russian. And Kira Knightley, is spo- we're supposed to believe that she's like a Native American, you know, not a Native American, really? but from <laughs> from America, <laughs> doing an American accent. Yeah, right. Yeah, like she's not. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. I don't know. That was pretty rough for me. But uh, but Pine does a good job. Did I mention that he does okay. <laughs> Kevin Costner's okay in it, yeah. Well, I mean, it's all—it's all very, you know. We we say it. It's all very serviceable. We enjoyed it. You know, nothing was outstanding, uh, and it was just kind of a, a brainless popcorn flick. Now, uh, Branagh directed as well as being in the movie, and I thought he did a pretty good job. I enjoyed what he did with Thor, and I felt like this kind of solidified him as someone who can do action. Yeah, and I, and I think I think you're right. I, it again. It did build up tension. That was part of it was the story, but it was also the way it was directed. Um, it, it did a good job. You know, it's one of those. It, I, I kind of uh, refer to it as Mission Impossible like, right? Because you have the the scene. A big part of the movie is Chris Pine uh, breaking into back into the the offices of of this uh, Russian conglomerate. Uh, to hack their computer basically. And so you get a lot of that mission impossible where Ethan hunt goes into the CIA headquarters. So you're constantly thinking that he's going to get caught at any moment. They do a good job of kind of building up that tension. He's got somebody on the outside. that's kind of guiding him, yeah. you know, do this, go there, turn left, turn right. Yeah. Very similar to like a mission impossible type of setup. Uh, and, and I thought all that, you know, from a director standpoint, I thought he, you know, did a good job. And again, nothing like groundbreaking. I mean, it was all very, formulaic but there's a reason why we have those those formulas because they do work for sure. action movies so uh you know i thought he hit all the all the main points yeah i mean nobody made this movie with the intention of getting an oscar from it yeah. you know it was it was meant to entertain which i think it did effectively uh, apparently much of america did not agree 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll do better in its second week. I've I've heard and seen mixed reviews around this movie so far. Uh, it seems like either people love it or hate it. You know, think it's a great action flick, or they made the mistake of thinking too hard and looking at it too seriously and and not enjoying it. You know, I I'd say this is probably a good date movie. Well, we we weren't really on a date, but I mean, but it would be a normally good date movie for a for whoever you choose to take to a movie with you before I get too deeply into that shit. So, uh, <laughs> moving on to the score of the movie, I thought this was another strong point, really. Yeah, it, I mean, it, they, they again, it kind of, it was scored more sim, more similarly to, say, a Bourne movie than, like, a classic, one of the classic Jack Ryan, like right. Harrison Ford, Jack Ryan movies. Um, but I thought it was effective. I thought it did a good job. Again, everything about this movie just felt very current and modern to me. Mm-hmm. Um not in ter- again, not in terms of like groundbreaking story or direction necessarily, but just the kind of the, the thing you know, the technology they use, the the storylines, the, the 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 main points they they they, they cut in. And, and the score was kind of the same way. To me, it just felt very current, very now. Um, so yeah, I don't, uh, the score I thought was effective. Yeah, I thought it was good. And there was another part in it that I, I liked that I felt was almost a callback to Hunt for the Red October when he was in the uh, the Russian. Uh, Orthodox Church, and they were they had the choir there, and it had the, you know, the same kind of choir that was used during the Hunt for the Red October. I kind of like that. You know, it felt like okay, here we are back to the good old days. Oh, you mean when the the crew is singing the uh, the Soviet national anthem when they're getting ready to turn the uh, caterpillar drive on? Search for something. Some, it, it yeah. was at some point during that movie. Yeah, I know that movie pretty well. I love that movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I think you're right. They did. There's something about. Something about Russians, you know, you, you want you want that, like when when they're showing the old buildings and everything, yeah. you want to hear that old like Russian choral type of uh, sound going on. They, that was that was you're right. That was effective use of that. So overall, I think the score was pretty effective. Mm-hmm. And really, if if you're, we to kind of sum all this up and break it all, you know, into, into some final thoughts, if you will, you know, are we going to recommend this movie to somebody to go see? I think based on my general feeling when I walked out of there was, hey, I was entertained. That wasn't a bad movie. So I'm going to recommend this movie for people who enjoy, um, you know, who want, I don't, want to, I don't know if I want to call it a smart action movie. It's not because, again, there are some really dumb plot points in this movie. But um, it's smart in the sense that it looks good. It looks current. Um, it's not, there are some rehashed things, but most of it is very, very current, very new, very now. So, and if you want to see something a little different, uh, that kind of, kind of a, kind of a standard action film that maybe hits on a few, you know, points that are stuff that's in the news, you know, check it out. I, I think you hit it on the head earlier when you mentioned the Bourne movies. If you enjoyed, enjoyed the Bourne movies, if you like the previous Jack Ryan movies, you're going to like this movie. If you didn't like those movies, you're not going to like this movie. Pretty, pretty much simple as that. Don't think too much into it. Don't look too deeply into the plot. Just sit back, enjoy the ride, because the pacing is fast enough where you don't have to sit right. back and think You don't about have it. to think about it very right. much. Just let the kind of the pacing and the tension kind of take you through. And again, another thing we should mention, this is a movie uh, about international espionage, but this is not a movie about spycraft, as it were. Like right. You don't really get into that either. This is, uh, again, I don't think that's really what they were going for. Uh, but you're not going to get a lot of that either. So it, it's real. It really is just kind of character driven with with good action and good tension, good pacing. 
Yep. So I think that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, I would say we both have a good recommendation for the movie. Check it out. Uh, didn't do that well in the theater, so if you want to see a sequel, I'd suggest you get out there and give it a look. Yeah, if you think, um, I mean, what do you think, Vince? Are they going to do another one of these? I'm sure that's what the, that was kind of the intention. I have to wonder if they're going to, if they've already signed maybe Pine and Costner for a two-movie deal, and maybe we'll see another one no matter what. Uh, it's hard to say. It looks like it did a little bit better internationally, so maybe it's going to make its money back, and if it can pay for its advertising, which there wasn't that much. The people you talked to didn't even know this movie yeah, was a out. Yeah, a lot of people, when I referred, you know, they, they asked what, what I saw this weekend, and I told them, and they didn't even know the movie was out. Yeah. which I haven't paid a lot of attention to TV ads for the movie, but I know that this trailer has been running on before just about anything that was in the theater in the last three months. Yeah, well, we see an obscene amount of movies. We, we were actually yeah. tired of it. Yeah, I was very tired of the trailer by the, time, uh, by the time the movie came out. And I will say this also, if you are very familiar with the trailer, you're going to be very familiar with the story because most of, <laughs> most of the main scenes are depicted in the trailer. Yeah. Um, which normally I have a problem with and this one it didn't bother me so much um because there there is enough stuff in the beginning that's not you know that's going to be new to you that uh you probably be able to overlook some of those scenes i thought it was actually better than the trailer showed to be honest yeah i was lukewarm on the movie i knew i wanted to see it just because it was a jack ryan movie i like chris pine i like kevin costner but the the trailer didn't sell me as much as actually being in the movie and seeing the pacing and going through it. So this is one of those occasions where yes, it did show a lot in the trailer, but I felt like the movie was superior, which is unusual anymore. A lot of times the trailer seems better than the movie. Yeah, you know, I, I'd have to agree that the movie was is better than the trailer because the trailer had a lot of Kira Knightley, Chris Pine. It almost looked like there was going to be. One of the, the main storyline was going to be more about their relationship, yeah. Uh, which it's definitely an element to the story, but it's not. It never feels like force. It never feels like there's too much of that. Yeah. So a lot of the scenes, if you're concerned about that, if you're listening and you're thinking, well, I don't really want to see, you know, these guys are dogging out Kira Knightley. I don't want to see these, you know, a, a love story between Chris Chris Pine and Kira Knightley. Don't worry, there's not a lot of that in there. I mean, it's it's an element, but the good news is is that. Most of the scenes with her in it um, that are in the trailer, there aren't any other, even any other lines than are what than, than what are shown in the trailer. Right. So yeah. they aren't like overly long scenes, and they're not super arduous to sit through or anything. I never felt like this movie was slow. Yeah. So that's for an action movie. Hey, that that's enough, you know, to get a pretty good rating for me right there. If it doesn't feel slow, it doesn't feel sluggish or forced. Hey, it's not bad. Yeah. So I think probably they, I think it's probably a success overall. Uh, in terms of the final product, now the fact that they only made $17 million domestically over the first weekend is not a success. So we'll see if there's another Jack Ryan, uh, Chris Pine uh, vehicle out there. Oh, well, I guess we'll have to see. So uh, that'll wrap it up, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. If you like this episode, please check us out also on DTMMBmedia.com, as well as follow us on Twitter at DTMMBmedia, and like us on Facebook, where we're facebook.com slash DTMMB.media. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. This has been a Don't Tell Me My Business media production.